this summer we're bringing you double Koi gig. For me, she's the best English centre-back. Play your best players in their best position. I don't think the captain is droppable, particularly after making the statement of dropping Steph Houghton. Subscribe to the OTV Koi gig pod on the OTV Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. And a very good evening to you. It's Richie McCormick here with you right through until 10pm tonight on tonight's Off the Ball, uh, which is both a packed and varied show. Coming up, we'll begin our look ahead to the All Ireland Hurling final by tracing Limerick's journey from inter county civil war to being a beacon for other counties. Drum McConnell and Mike Galligan will join us for that one. We'll check in on Westmeath as well, which of course is still in celebration mode after Saturday's Talton Cup final win over Cavan. We'll check in with the camp. John Heslin, their championship top scorer, and Jack Cooney, the manager, are going to be on to us after 8 o'clock as well and Nathan Collins is now the most expensive Irish footballer of all time we'll track the moves of Stephen Kenny's squad so far this summer and indeed the potential ones with a couple of interesting moves in the mix and with Irish amateur boxing getting on the wrong side of both Sport Ireland and the government this week we'll ask what next for the IABA that's coming up after half past seven with Sean McGoldrick in the meantime it's news round time Michael McCarthy joins me tonight Michael. Hey Richie well, you? Welcome back to the studio and I'm Marie Donlan as well Hi, Good evening to you uh, Sean McGovers of course have just kicked off in the Champions League they're 3-0 up away to Hibernians after the first leg in Tallis Stadium they're playing at the Takali Stadium in Malta tonight and uh, still scored us after three minutes played their memories of course we're kind of thinking of favourite memories of, of Maltese football and playing in the Takali <laughs> and you know winning matches to send us to Italian 90 Halcyon days Michael that was all I could remember yeah I don't remember the home game I don't do I even actually remember the, the John Aldridge two goals in Valletta or is it something that's just etched in my brain as an Irish football fan uh, from history I'm not sure uh, I didn't even remember that we played them in was it the Euro 2000 qualifiers Euro, Euro qualifiers for 2000 I, yeah, I just no recollection remember. whatsoever we found ourselves in a really bad spot in 99 away to Malta I think defeat was a real possibility or at least a draw and Steve Staunton scored a free kick I think about 15 minutes from the end to rescue three points for, for oh, mixed no, side it's not there for me and I remember so many games from that group yeah I remember suffering through that one because we were particularly poor in yeah. that game so it happens doesn't it with Ireland sometimes t- tense, yeah. it's not just for those listening who might think that you know dodgy results are a modern thing oh no like this goes back donkey's years and this is a group that we beat Croatia at home beat Yugoslavia at home this was a Croatia team that just finished third in the World yeah. Cup drew with them away I think and were like absolutely robbed in Belgrade uh, it was a like 94th minute goal or something like that this was a really good Ireland team that lost to uh, that drew to Macedonia and should have probably lost to Malta it was a bizarre yeah. qualifying group all the way through there's probably a book in that qualifying group in and of itself alone uh, but yeah 53106 when I get in contact tonight via, uh, tw- uh, via text I was going to say via Twitter uh, via Twitter is at off the ball uh, we'd be delighted to hear from you tonight especially as we now have as a country the most uh, our most expensive ever footballer uh, the record has been broken for the first time in 14 years because Nathan Collins has moved to Wolves Mick yeah. 20 million pounds 20.5 million pounds 24 million euro for the uh, the Burnley defender he surpasses the 19 million pound paid by Liverpool for Robbie Keane uh, this is huge in many respects but it shows the progress that has been made by Nathan Collins over the last 
I was going to say 12, last six months. Yeah, it's happened kind of suddenly, yeah. But we kind of, we like, it's funny, when Collins was injured and at Stoke before he even moved to Burnley, there was a lot, remember there was a lot of conversation with Dar O'Shea, Amabob and Dele, mm. and these guys coming through and you're thinking, you know, there, there's a lot of conversation about how, oh, we're set at the back for a long time here. And, and the amount of people that were saying, lads, Nathan Collins is coming up behind these guys and he's better than them. And that's no, no shade on yeah. the guys at all. This is how special Nathan Collins was. And obviously, we saw it in the last, you know, maybe third of the Premier League season last year when he got into the team. And, you know, Stephen Doyle out in the office did an awful lot of Burnley games. He was always uh, thrown to the Wolves. He was our the, Burnley correspondent. He was basically yeah. living in Turf Moor uh, for the second half of last season uh, for the Sunday live games. Uh, was, I don't know why Burnley played so many Sunday games. But he was he was adamant that Collins was one of the best players in the Premier League. For the, like, and it was, you just don't get that kind of attention when you're playing for Burnley to, that, that people notice it. But watching the responses... Um, just under the official signing oh, this afternoon. No, no, not negative. Some some people don't really know too much about him. Yeah. But I'll tell you who's coming in. Ireland fans, as you would expect. Stoke fans and Burnley fans to a man. Not not trolling. Coming in as magnanimous. Lads, lads yeah. you've got a player here. Look after him. That kind of tone yeah. was constant. I didn't see one person say, you know the usual that you're expecting goes, oh, glad we're rid of him. You know any of that kind of like nonsense? Oh, your mugs, you pay twenty million yeah, quid for exactly. a player no, here. No, this yeah. is like this is like you have got a player here. Look after him. That's from Burnley and, and Stoke fans. Seems to be like it's almost we we talk about this with Gavin Coon in the afternoon clock as well, uh, Amory. It seems to be like a perfect move and one that doesn't happen for Irish players because like we were going through the most expensive lists. Uh, etc and Gavin Mazzuni's name jumped out as being a potential you know perfect fit uh, Damien Duff to Chelsea seemed like a perfect fit back in the early 2000s 2003 I think it was but this seems like they've lost Roman Saiz at the back mm-hmm. they played three at the back they've got Connor Cody anchoring the centre they've got Nathan Collins now to play just one side of him this looks ready made for him to be a success it, it, it can only be downhill from here yeah, and when Burnley really needed a leader kind of in that last third of the season, it was Nathan Collins who stood up. And like they almost did enough. And you wonder if Burnley had stayed up. It came down to the very last day, didn't yeah. it? If Burnley had stayed up, would he have gotten this move? So maybe it's one of those sliding doors moments. Um, but yeah, like Wolves, such a like clever, like business-wise, smart club. And he should fit in well in Large's system. And in terms of like... Like Wolves aren't going to be involved in a relegation scrap unless something crazy happened in the next couple of seasons. Like he'll have ambitions now to go and play in Europe. But yeah, it does feel like a really, really good move for him. And you wonder if it would have happened if Burnley had stayed up. So maybe he's better off. Yeah. And he's really surrounded by some quality players in that Wolves squad. We kind of forget the likes of like Jeremy Tino's after signing a new one-year contract there. He's an incredible footballer. If they hold on to Ruben Neves, they have a really good midfield. Uh, Raúl Jiménez is. Still you know their top striker and you know, fingers crossed from his point of view his his head injury stuff is behind him like mm. that's a quality Jose, uh, Jose Sa as a goalkeeper settled in really well last season that's a really good spine of a side and one where he can thrive Very Wolves good haven't had a bad signing as well like a particular capitulation in the last couple of years so it shows the regard that they have for him as well yeah it's a big move though yeah, yeah it's a great move look he's got ambitions he's going to be this is you know there's no there's no reason to think this might not only even be a stepping stone of a two or three year like you're in the shop window Conor Cody's in the England team for playing with Wolves they're eight perennially eight in the league yeah. they're a very very good side who who get a lot of attention beat Man City every season 
you know, like David Collins is is all the attention that I said he wasn't going to get at Burnley, he's going to get at Wolves. You know, so um, a great side. We did a piece, like I think, just as the football show ended, like towards the, like after the end of the international window. I think one of the last things we did was a kind of a, a sticker twist on Irish internationals and where they would go, and and you know. Obviously, Collins was to the fore of that conversation, and we all talked about different clubs. And Wolves, I don't think came up. I don't think anybody thought of them. And it's like you said, it's like suddenly that's like, oh, it's it, it Wolves. That's the one. That's the one we would have picked if we had taken a proper view. And it's like, well, no, actually, Wolves were the one taking the proper view and and saw him for it. I'm delighted. I'm just like, it's such a great move. If you were to like judge the two main defensive departures from Burnley as regards the better deal. Who has gotten the better deal? Everton getting Tarkovsky on a free or Wolves paying 20 mil for Nathan Collins? You know what I think? I already was saying it to you earlier on. I, I for personally, if I was Everton, I think that they would have been better going for the potential in uh, in Collins rather than the you know what you get with Tarkovsky who might marginally improve them. Mm. But I think is probably limited and we've seen him at his best at this stage. Now maybe I'm wrong on that. But the twenty million in difference I think will be made up pretty much by, you know, the signing on fee and the wages of Tarkowski. You're probably looking at not a minimal enough difference. Collins probably marginally more expensive. I think Wolves have the better player and a, the better deal. Yeah. Are you surprised that it took this long, Emery, for an Irish player to break our own transfer record? That it has been lingering for so long, since was it fourteen years uh, or more? Like for Robbie Keane to go for 19 million, we suddenly have bumped up again to a 20 million pound player. It seems like we've been undersold for so long. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been that long. And also, when you consider not just inflation, but football inflation. Mm. So, Robbie was what in 2008? 20? 19, we think. It's it's one of those undetermined numbers, so 19, isn't it? 19. Yeah. So, that, what is that in terms of football now? You'd be looking at around 60, 40. I think you're looking 60, 60 70. 60, 70, For Robbie. I'd say, yeah. Yeah, in terms of what the 19 million pound player was then, it's certainly not 100 million, if you know what I mean. We're not going five times. Mm. I think we're probably looking around, yeah, 60. I would say there's an element of not getting too carried away here. It's like a very, very promising Irish player moves but we're still kind of like we've less players <coughs> in the top flight than we've ever had we've less important players on big teams than we've ever had before uh, but there is something to be said I think for this is a team and a group of young players that we've been looking at for a few years and thinking there's serious screen shoots here there's serious potential here in the likes of Gavin Bazunu, Kelleher the defenders we've all just mentioned you know Troy Parrott uh, Adam Eda etc you know and we're, we're looking at this group of guys that are coming through Jason Knight obviously you know 20 to 24 kind of years of age and there's times you're watching it going yeah but are we just looking at it through green tinted glasses and is the rest of the football world paying attention to these guys do they know are they as good are they as good as we think they are when you're looked through kind of more cold eyed scouting and I think what we're seeing this summer is that people are starting to notice. You know, mm. Bazunu got that move that we're talking about. You know, Bazunu could have easily said another two years at Man City, been loaned out. But obviously he's caught that eye that he's ready for a Premier League move right now. And Nathan Collins obviously couldn't be, you know, waste of a season in the championship for him. He's worth 20 million to Burnley right now. That's brilliant, you know. Mm. So I think that's actually really, really positive from a, from, I don't know, I suppose my perception of you're always worried, are you judging things based solely on your fandom. 
and yeah, your so support. Yeah, so maybe the headline you know? shouldn't be that Ireland's transfer record in terms of most expensive player has been broken, rather that another Irish player is going into the top half of the Premier League. But obviously we're going to focus on the transfer record being broken because it is kind of the sexy headline, but perhaps we should <laughs> focus more so on the other. Uh, Connor Limerick texts in to ask, will Nathan Collins be a guaranteed starter for Wolves though? I reckon he probably is. If Wolves are paying 20 million quid for a defender, they're going to start him. I also feel can, like... Sorry, go on. Well, if he repeats the form of last... <clears throat> was it around March into May? Like, I think he was nominated for Premier League Player of the Season in April alongside, like, Thiago and De Bruyne. Like, if he can repeat that form into next season and it wasn't a flash in the pan. And we also saw uh, Sparks and Magic towards the end of the Nations League, uh, the run in June for Ireland. So hopefully... If if it, it, what that wasn't a flash in the pan, he will get into that starting eleven. I agree. I just I, I hate that idea, and I have it as bad as anybody of wondering: Will is somebody going to? Oh, don't make too big a move because they might not get into the team, or the manager might not. Them. It's like if he'll get his way into the team if he's good enough to. You know what I mean? If he if this is a good like even if they haven't picked him immediately he will get his way into the team in the same way as he did with Burnley so you know don't worry about those things like you know if you make the move take the money <laughs> but also yeah. if you're worried about Nathan Collins's move because you think he's so important to Ireland then you obviously believe in him enough to believe that he can get into the Wolves team he'll be fine they've three defenders uh, also Frank and Swords uh, is really so hard to believe that that transfer record hasn't been broken for so long uh, who we produced that yeah. should have gone for yeah. more decent points uh, to be made especially when you see like there were the like there were a string of like 12 13 million pound moves 10 million pound moves when you count in like Jeff Hendrick and mm. Robbie Brady um, 15 for Doherty I think 15 for Doherty kind of pushing yeah. 30 at the time exactly yeah. yeah so there you go 5306 for 30 cents if you want to get in contact tonight you can tweet us at off the ball uh, the news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. We're starting in Wellington, Anne-Marie. Yeah, Peter O'Mahony has been cleared to play against New Zealand in their series deciding test match, which is on Saturday. The Munster captain has passed his third head injury assessment, so is expected to be included in the team, which will be named on Thursday morning. The news tops off a good day for Irish rugby after Andy Farrell's side beat the Maori All Blacks 30 points to 24 this morning. Jordan Larmer scored a try in each half, while Nick Timoney and Gavin Coombs also went over the line. Kieran Frawley, meanwhile, kicked 10 points. And that's two wins from four now. Head coach Andy Farrell, though, says it must be remembered that the series is about development more so than results. The mood's good anyway. Listen, uh, I mean, <clears throat> the mood's good. I mean, it does help when you win. Um, but it's all about improving and performance and, 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 and togetherness and growing as a group and, you know... The, it helps when you win a test match, obviously, but um, the mood would have still been great anyway. And, and exactly the same tonight. If the boys would have lost tonight, you know, would have learned, would have learned and pushed forward. Uh, you know, it's about growing the group, as as we've talked about non-stop on on this tour, and uh, we feel that we've done that anyway. And the game, meanwhile, marked the first time ever that Keith Earls captained Ireland. The Moiras man said afterwards that it was a special moment. It was genuinely of one of my proudest moments. Um, uh, you know, all the people back home, the place where I'm from, you know, Limerick, rug, rugby crazy, and it was, it was a huge honour. It was a huge honour, but it was a huge honour to, to captain such, you know, I suppose a young side, an experienced side, and, you know, they're getting their first win in an Irish jersey down in New Zealand, and, you know, we've done it together, and being, being able to captain that side was uh, very special. 
Yeah, there's five uncapped players named in that team that started this morning. There are others who had like minimal caps to their names, like Gavin Coombs, just had two going into that. Uh, but there certainly is a case that a bunch of those players over the course of these two Mary All Black games, Mick, have put their hands up for consideration yeah. uh, I guess we'd say put going forward and that's the best we could hope for coming out of these games the likes of uh, Coombs as I mentioned Kieran Frawley's had a decent couple of outings and, and Jimmy O'Brien I guess to a lesser extent but they're all yeah. putting their hands up yeah absolutely and look I mean it, it, they're probably not going to feature this weekend but having been on a tour for whatever it probably was five weeks that they'll spend in, in New Zealand is going to stand to them a lot and, and obviously play well today like they, they did play well today I think what's interesting actually is we hear from Earlsy there you know it looked if Gary Ringrose doesn't make it at the weekend I'm not sure if that's a, a set thing or not but obviously he did go off injured you know Bundiaki comes in to the centre with Henshaw and there's a back five place there and does it is it Earls who scores a try in the first game and is really unlucky not to play yeah. last week? Um, the only change, you know, when you're a try scorer, or is it like Jordan Larmer scoring two tries today and kind of like coming back to a bit of life and a bit of form, what we've expected to see? And I just think that, God, isn't it great? We're going into a third test in New Zealand, having conversations about what informed player to bring into the team and with a chance of winning the series. It's utterly, utterly opposite of the types of conversation we were having after the last Maori test where we're like this isn't going well this team doesn't look like it's there at all this tour could be a complete disaster and put us back two four three years it's you know it's encouraging that they, they can almost play their way into a series I mean mm. that's what you're looking for them to do in an essence as well in the World Cup next year is that they might start off a bit sluggish and that can happen to any kind of team uh, of any kind of quality but to build on that to go alright that's our footing we, we know what our base level is if not somewhere beneath it but they certainly have built on that Mary All Black game uh, first time out and fingers crossed uh, from an Irish perspective of course that they will uh, build on it still further going into uh, to Saturday in Wellington we'll touch on that uh, this morning's game a little bit later on the show with their own uh, South African rugby nerd Stephen Kisby Green but as we mentioned at the top of the show I'm Marie Shamrock Grover is in action in Europe again tonight yeah you'll be happy to know it's still nil all in Malta why you say that <laughs> why <laughs> comeback is on here uh, Shamrock Rovers taking on Hibernians in the second leg of their Champions League qualifier. The Hoops did come into this though with a 3-0 advantage from the first leg. Stephen Bradley went with the same starting 11 that won in Tala last week. Meanwhile at the Women's Euros Denmark beat Finland 1-0 in Group B today. The Danes found the breakthrough in the 72nd minute to register their first win of the campaign. Germany and Spain kicks off at the Brentford Community Stadium in West London meanwhile at 8 o'clock tonight. Here at home, Wexford Youths have drawn to face DLR Waves in the Evoke.ie Women's FAI Cup quarterfinals today. The last eight draw was made today and we'll see Shelburne take on Piemount. That's arguably the tie of the round. Elsewhere, Sligo Rovers will go to Bohemians while Athlone Town will entertain Cork City. All of those ties will be played the week ending August the 7th. A um, couple more texts in obviously on, on Nathan Collins which we'll get to uh, in a moment the news of that transfer uh, but just shows how incredible Robbie Keane was that his record wasn't broken until now Robbie truly was top class and does not get enough credit for what he achieved it, like, his transfer is his transfer fees are three of the most expensive 
of all time. The Liverpool to, or sorry, the Spurs Liverpool obviously is the most expensive. His move to Inter Milan, uh, which came obviously some years before that, for thirteen million is the second most. His his second most expensive, and then twelve million Liverpool taking a seven million bath inside six months, and Keane going back to Spurs. His um, cumulative is like seventy five sterling. So what's that? Ninety. Yeah, that's a massive amount of money. Move clubs a lot. You know, and it was obviously like a really, really good player and has whatever he has, 117 Premier League goals or whatever it is. Like Robbie Keane was a very good player. I do feel like most of the conversation we have about him is about how underrated and unappreciated he is though. Like, I mean, can we not just, we all know Robbie Keane was great. He has, he's got a, he, he has more goals than the next five Irish players put together or something it, like that. You know? The next down like, is like know. 22 or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's nuts. No, Quinn 22 is next, isn't it? And yeah. then Stapleton. Yeah, which gave us the wonderful you know uh, after a match after a match <laughs> it's like if I had another six inches it's like having an extra back <laughs> is Robbie Keane the highest earning Irish player oof that's from, a question from the sign on fees sign on fees is, I'd imagine so but Roy Keane I'd imagine Roy, at yeah. United was probably earning a fair chunk of change throughout his career for a sustained amount of time as well that's an interesting no let's go out to your accountants yeah. if any of the accountants are listening in tonight 53106 uh, but as you mentioned Nathan Collins uh, signing his deal at Wolves today Emery yeah he became the most expensive ah, that's Irish the sexy headline ever. sexy there headline we go. <laughs> it's 24 million euro move from newly relegated Burnley to Wolves is part of a five year deal with the option of a further 12 months a number of Premier League sides were believed to have been interested in the league slip man but he's on the way to Molyneux he should fit in well at Bruno Large's side especially their defensive system as they lost Roman Saiz to Turkey just last month. The move means that Burnley make a profit of 9.5 million euro on Collins who signed from Stoke City only last year and as we were discussing the Irish transfer record was 23 million euro. That was when Robbie Keane moved to Liverpool from Spurs back in 2008. Elsewhere in the transfer market Republic of Ireland midfielder Jeff Hendrick has signed for Reading today. That's on a season-long loan from Newcastle Hendrick spent the second half of last season with Queen's Park Rangers and the move sees him return to the championship once again. Uh, he needs minutes more than that Mick I guess this season and that's he'll almost certainly get that at Reading provided he stays he stays yeah. fit but he's I mean, it's turned out that uh, Steve Bruce has been something of an Irish midfield kingmaker because he clearly thought a lot of Jeff Hendrick to have him at Newcastle and have him on the big contract that he had there and Eddie Howe clearly doesn't think as much of Jeff Hendrick is allowed to go out on loan and you know they're going to swallow up a bunch of the wages that he's on there um, but similarly uh, Jason Malumbi has come through under Bruce and, mm. and performed really well at West Brom and almost taken over from Jeff Hendrick from, from an Irish perspective in that last international window so it's yeah. got to be a big start of the season from Hendrick to force his way back in for those September games yeah Conor Howerhan as well if you want to talk about Steve Bruce in his previous club as well yeah. you know it was a big part of Villa's uh, promotion um, yeah I don't know about this like I mean I think that Hendrick needs to be playing football and he's played very little of it in the last 12 months he started off pretty well with QPR and then didn't really have an impact towards the end of the season I wasn't sure if there was injuries there was injuries there I think yeah to a so, look, that obviously didn't work out. I think this move needs to. You know, you're at a point of his career now where, you know, he obviously needs to be playing football. He needs to be playing well in the championship if he's going to be someone that's, like, of use to Stephen Kenny at the moment, which, as we've seen, when he's at his best and the game mm-hmm. and the game plan suits him, he is. You know what I mean? He's been, he's been largely very good for Ireland in the last kind of, like... Uh, 
six or so games, you know. People don't want to hear that, Mick. People just want the yeah. negativity around him. And, and you know what? I, I, I come and go on that as well, I have to say. There's times when I, I really do think that he can be a little bit anonymous in games, and I wonder, is that what Eddie Howe sees as well, you know? But, look, we don't need him playing at Newcastle, but we do need him playing, you know? And he needs to be an option for us, because regardless of what we think, and whether it is Stephen Malumbi that comes in instead of him, we need Jeff Hendrick in the squad, and we need him there as an option, you know? So, yeah, sitting on the bench at Newcastle is not what we want, what we need this year. Yeah, uh, good news uh, from Ukraine, I guess, today, Emery. Yeah, this is nice news. The Ukrainian Premier League is returning next month. Matches will be held in the country from the 23rd, which is its national flag day. There won't be fans at games with stadiums equipped with shelters for any air raid sirens. Fixture will have a military presence as well for security reasons. Shakhtar Donetsk have qualified for the Champions League group stages next season but have not yet confirmed a home venue. And we're closing in as well on the 150th Open Championship. Lots of lovely shots doing the rounds from St Andrews over the course of the last 48 hours. Yeah, very exciting as you can tell. Uh, Seamus Power will be the first Irishman to tee off at the 150th Open Championship which is underway on Thursday. The Waterford man will play alongside Brooks Kepp and Cameron Smith. Elsewhere, Rory McIlroy will be out with the defending champion Colin Marikawa as well as Xander Schufle. 2019 winner Shane Lowry will play his opening round with Justin Thomas and Victor Hovland, while two-time Open champion Podrick Harrington has an afternoon with Thomas Peters and Keith Mitchell to look forward to on Thursday. Elsewhere, Tiger Woods is obviously set to play at the tournament, his third major this year. Woods won the Open at St Andrews back in 2002. 2005. He spoke today about the emotional connection he has with the course. During his press conference he also touched upon the walk at the venue and how this has held him back this year on other courses. He came 47th at Augusta. That was 23 shots off winner Scotty Scheffler and he had to withdraw after the third round of the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. He's hoping that the course as well as other circumstances mean this won't happen again. It's still not easy. Um, granted, the, steel, the whole the the inclines are not steep in any way, and they're not the declines are not steep. But it's the unevenness. It's still difficult on me. Um, I have a lot of hardware in my leg, so it's <laughs> it is what it is. It's it's going to be difficult. Um, uh, but uh, it, yes, the walk is certainly a lot easier than those two championships that I played in before this year. Um, I'm able to walk a lot more holes, but also then again, I've gotten a lot stronger since then. Um, it's been more time that I've got a chance to, to work in, in, in the weight room and get, get stronger and, um, and get the endurance better in my leg. You know, I, playing Gusta, I didn't know, you know. You know, my, my leg was not in any condition to, to play 72 holes. Um, it just ran out of gas. And, uh, uh, but now this, it's, it's different now. It's got a lot stronger, a lot better, and hopefully it'll continue to get that way. Um, but again, as I said, having a lot of hardware in there makes it a little bit, a little bit of a challenge. The way you keep saying he has hardware in his leg makes me kind of imagine him as a RoboCop type figure. Yeah. 
I went for the more like what we call hardware, like as in what you get in hardware shops. I don't know why. I just have like this image of a screwdriver and a hammer and stuff knocking around in his leg. He's got a bunch of Allen keys. Just if you open up a little <laughs> compartment in his calf, Tiger Woods can sort you out with putting together IKEA furniture. Oh, ridiculous. There we go. Uh, Amory Donlan, thank you so much for the news around Mick. You'll be talking to us a little bit later on as well. And we will be discussing lots on the show tonight. We'll be looking at Limerick Hurling and their journey from, I guess, a basket case to a beacon for other counties. That's coming up uh, a little bit later on after 8 o'clock. Also check in on Westmeath after their Talton Cup victory. And we'll talk to Gavin Cooney as well about those Irish transfers. Right now, though, cash machine time.